Yum nub, eat out the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie and I see through the lies of the Jedi. My name is Matt and your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Yeah. I didn't plan that. Mm. <laughs> you didn't plan that, I promise. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. <sighs> Foot hurts a little bit. The boy came back from scout camp. It's filthy as can be. But uh, uh, we're all doing okay. Trying to decide if I'm going to take the day off tomorrow because it being so close to the holiday. Yeah, today. I think today's July second, the day we're recording. We we usually record Sunday nights. I told my entire team to take Monday off, so they all did. I'm going to work though. I will. My entire team is out. Both of my supervisors are out. The um, my immediate supervisor and then the deputy secretary is out, um, so I'll be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding! I'm not actually in charge. I'm going to sit there and catch up on all my training. Yeah. I have uh, cybersecurity awareness and workplace sexual harassment and working with veterans for supervisors. All that nonsense bullshit training I've been putting mm-hmm. off. I'm like, tomorrow's a fine day to do it. Yeah, yeah, you need to... Your sexual harassment game is pretty uh, pretty weak. You need to step it up. Yeah, that, I'm assuming that's what that course is about, is effective ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I bet, I'm actually sort of bummed out right now, because I told you I hurt my knee. Yeah. Like, exercising. It got, it got like, 95% of the way better, and it won't get better past that. And so I just have like a dull pain in my knee at all times. Have you seen a doctor? What's a doctor? Uh, a doctor is who you go to when you want to get uh, drugs or leeches or yeah. or go- parts of goat testicle inserted into your test, you know, your scrotum. So, or, you know, if you. You know, if you're looking for somebody to make a bland cereal to stop teenagers from masturbating, that's what a doctor is. And you're singing. You're singing all the hits. <laughs> no, you obviously you know that people like my mother are a doctor, um, and other friends and family members of mine. I will go see a doctor, but mm-hmm. last time I hurt my knee, it just got better. Yeah. Now, well, now it get, now it won't get better past a certain point. Yeah. And the thing that really sucks is this house is like a very vertical house. And so there's stairs to get fucking everywhere in this house, and it hurts to walk upstairs. Yeah, and we talked about this before, but uh, I, you never really gave me a solid answer about like, have you been rubbing crystals or and essential oils on it? As many as would be effective. So zero. So zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I just get really. I get really depressed when when I can't do very basic things without pain. You know. No, I, I I get it. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm two years away from from turning fifty, um, believe it or not, uh, listeners, and you know like little things here and there just hurt like hell, or you know I'll, I'm at the age where I can sleep wrong. Yeah. And um, you know I mean I, there's certain things you know that I just can't do anymore, but or at least not to not as well as I did them in my youth 
assuming I did them well in my youth. Um, so yeah, it sucks. I I, I, I get I get being bummed. You know, I'm just I'm just a little worried because this is the knee I hurt running yeah. when I was like 25, and now now it sort of feels like that, except it's feeling permanent. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, we're not at the stage yet where cybernetics are cool. Or God, we're right there. Um, we're so close to that, though. Yeah, or you know, like, well, they'll actually like help you instead of just like giving you like a hook. You can have like a hand that actually like articulates a little bit. Not that right. that would help your knee, but no. I mean, like, when, I think we were on, I think we we're on Hyperspace Heroes, and I made a joke about how they asked about cloning, and I said basically, organ cloning is happening right now, mm-hmm. and that's something that'll be available in our lifetime. There's there's plenty of medical interventions that can happen, but right now, I just, I, I just think I just need some PT or something. I'm yeah, just, I'm just relatively bummed out about it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it hurt for me. It hurts to sit down. It hurts for me to stand up. Uh, it just sucks, and I can't. And I've lost my uh, will to like drink myself numb. So, right, just gotta suck it up. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be a bummer about it. It's just. It's just something yeah, that I. Welcome wish to Bummercast. <laughs> just something I wish was different. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah, don't. Oh my God. Yeah, trust me. You know, I don't have. I I had to. Um, I had to finally, you know, accept accept certain realities, and I just buzzed my head, and now I just do that all the time. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to go bald. My hair. My hair is my third best feature. My barber char- charges me double. It's so thick. <laughs> What's your other? The first two. Um, I don't want to know. Maybe I don't. <laughs> you pick. <laughs> Well, I know you're smart, so I guess that's one. And um, charming personality, I guess. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, that's an that's an archer joke, by the way. The archer says that his hair is his third best feature, and his barber charges him double. It's so thick. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. I was trying to think of a good dick joke. But, uh, anyways, all right. It'll so, come. It'll come to you. Yeah. <laughs> Late at night, I'll wake up three o'clock in the morning. <gasps> And then it's like, oh, too late. All right. So, you know, like before, uh, so we're going to be talking about um, episode 16, um, which is actually season one, episode 10 of Clone Wars, which is Lair Previous. But before we get started, we usually talk um, about what we've done Star Wars related. So, Matt, what have you done Star Wars related? Have you bought any more um, movie um, themed uh one-to-one models uh, created by Pepsi. No, my sister did text me a Yoda, Revenge of the Sith Yoda, um, in her shitty small town in Kansas. That was for sale for two thousand dollars, but it's the mm-hmm. angry, it's the angry Yoda, and I already have a Yoda, so I don't need it. Um, no, I, I'm I'm basically pedal to the metal, focused on R two right now. I I have a guy who's who has built two droids. Um, from scratch, who's helping me, and I just email him questions, and he emails me back, usually within a day or so. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not an electrical engineer. I understand how circuitry works and things like that at a very fundamental level, but not at a practical level. I've been watching a lot of tutorials and 
every once in a while I'll come across a tutorial of someone wiring up a droid and they'll be like, make sure you're installing these diodes and diodes across your relays to prevent noise from like, like electrical noise from going through the system. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the first person that's ever mentioned these things. So I have to go find like someone who's savvy and ask them if you actually have to do this. Most people are saying no, but I'm just very paranoid that I'm going to break like a $200 circuit board by putting too much voltage to it or something. You know, this is more your area. I know your software, but I assume yeah. you had to sit down and do some fucking hardware stuff at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, technically, <laughs> technically my degree, um, I had to do a lot of this sort of stuff. So, like, but since I've never used it outside of uh, school, it's all gone bye-bye. So it's kind of it's one of those things like oh yeah these are familiar terms like this is something I should know and then I feel immense shame that I don't remember how to do any of it. Um, I mean basically the basic setup for this damn droid is you have a car battery, right? Like a twelve or twenty-four volt car battery, or like a boat battery, and you've got a Raspberry Pi, right? And so you have to wire up a fuse box and have voltage reducers to make sure the Raspberry Pi is only getting 5 volts and like every circuit has a different voltage requirement right because the motors you can pour 24 volts into the feet motors and that's why you want 24 volts to get some decent power out of the motors but nothing else like the MP3 like the speakers can't have 24 volts obviously they would just explode right or melt yeah you burn up the wires first, right? But when you hit a hit a microprocessor with too much voltage, it just melts. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to buy, turn around and buy a two hundred dollar microprocessor. So I'm going very slow at this point. But I have every single piece, and I've set all of the voltage regulators to five point three volts, and I have a layout, and I have got these two twenty two volt batteries that I have to wire up in parallel. It's getting close, but I'm basically I'm all in on on R2 this week. The only thing Star Wars I did that wasn't built on R2 was the boys and I. Well, I picked up my kid from camp too, right? Both of our sons were at camp, and I picked up my kid from camp, and he kept back, and I was like, "What do you want to do?" And he's like, "I want to watch Star Wars Visions." And I was like, "Oh!" And so we sat down and we watched all the Visions episodes he hadn't seen. So it was fun. I've seen all of them a couple times now, and I. And generally, generally like them. I, I, I like. There's ones I like more than others, but I think overall, Volume Two has been pretty successful to me. But enough about me. What did you do? Uh, well, a whole lot of nothing. It was just a lot of prepping uh, the boy for uh, Scout Camp. Which any of you have uh, kids in scouting or have been in scouting yourselves, you know what a chore that is. Just making sure they have everything, and then then double checking at a certain point. I like. I took everything out of his bag. I was like, okay, I want to make, make sure that you can actually pack it and get it closed and everything. And and then, so when he was gone, I played a lot of uh, Jedi Survivor and I took your advice. I lowered it down to the Padawan um, a difficulty, which is the uh, second lowest. The other one is just, is more like a story mode where you just, I guess you just press some buttons just to kind of make it seem like you're doing stuff, but it's more of just going through. So the mode the I would play it in? Yeah, um, and you know, tell I was me able more. To, <laughs> so I was able to get past the boss, and then um, that I was stuck on, and then um, I got through the whole game. And I have to say that game 
is really awesome. And you can, um, afterwards, it, it, there's a lot of uh, play, playability because there's just a lot of like uh, side quests and stuff you can go around, you know, like um, collecting stuff. And now, now that I realized that, like, I had, I think I, I advanced in the story too fast because I should have waited to get myself a little bit uh, stronger. Uh, so I made it much more difficult on myself than I needed to be, than it needed to be. But should have killed rats in the forest for six months. Yeah. <laughs> Turn yeah. into some bone crush belts. Yeah. But, you know, it's a really good game. Um, it's. Um, can't wait for the next one because it's uh spoiler alert you know that it's set up to be a trilogy so it's um it's pretty awesome and I, you know i played my character as kind of like a dirtbag look look um where he had just like a mustache and like a a mullet and just like a general dirtbag and then eventually he looked like a uh and then i got like a hulk hogan mustache um and shaved head, and so he, he just looked uh, like weird prison guy uh, or something. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't. I know you. You know, you haven't played it, but your your boys are playing it. I don't want to give anything away, but it ties a lot of stuff uh, together. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, sorry, it ties a lot of stuff together pretty well, like Star Wars stuff normally does, where it just where you just like hear something, it's like, oh, I know that name. Um, so there's a lot of um, references, not a lot, but you know there's a lot of High Republic stuff. I've mentioned that. There's mentioning of the Nile a few times. Um, oh, that's and, fun. And then some other stuff that it's it's kind of ambiguous. Not really 100% sure if it's tied in or not. I guess we'll find out. But um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty rad and. Um, there's some other stuff I'd love to tell you, but I, I, I don't want to ruin it. But um, all I can say is I can see why people go to the dark side. Do they have snacks? <laughs> they have little little lemon wedges, uh, lemon cookies uh, that, that come in uh, here, Imperial MREs. Yeah. They're oh, right. The <laughs> thing from Andor. Yeah. Or no, for from the Mandalorian. I, I wonder. Oh, I I have to wonder if that was a, like you know, that was kind of a play on the come to the dark side. We have cookies because you know, like she's as she's watching Pershing get his brain, you know, as he's getting lobotomized. You know, she just takes the cookie and is just eating it and watching it like mm, yummy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really all I've done. Um, and, I'm just, and I'm kind of playing through. I'm, I can play through the game with all my. I can go back and start over with everything that I earned, or I can continue through. So I'm not. I'm not really sure what I want to do yet. But um, I know it's. I had a lot of fun playing it once I got past that that character because it's just it's such an immersive game. It's wild how good that game is. Do you have an opinion? We, we can probably do a bigger segment on this later, but do you have an initial opinion about that Outlaws game? The open source, or the open world, not open source, the open world game where you play the female bounty hunter, I guess, or thief? It looks cool. I'm I'm all for games like that. Um, especially in Star Wars. Because, like, in, in, game, in games like that, 
when I, I don't play them that often, but um, when I do, I go like bananas. Like, oh, I'm supposed to go this way. You know, the main story. Nope, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to explore everything. Oh, side quest. Okay, I'll do the side quest. Oh, another side quest. Oh, I'll do the side quest. Because I want to see everything. And especially since it's because Star Wars, I'm going to be doing, like, everything, you know, you can possibly do. And then advance the story along. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for an open open world Star Wars game. Because, like, when I got the VR, I, I was just texting. I was like, I just want to live on this first ship. I just want to walk around this ship. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, I haven't finished um, Vader Immortal or um, the um, the Batu game, just because it it because uh, I wear glasses. Um, the the thing just makes kind of I get a headache and I kind of get nauseous a little bit wearing it. I the VR stuff, so I've, I yeah I haven't finished it, but yeah I I, I just. I just love all that stuff, you know. Like I told you, like when I first started playing that game, uh, the sorry, Jedi uh, Survivor, you start on Coruscant. I was barely getting anywhere because I was constantly, you know, typing in the Orbesh translator trying to figure out what things said. Best blurgers in town. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was in Bad Batch, but yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of having like an open, open world game where you can like do whatever you want. Right. Of course, there's going to be a plot, but you don't have to be beholden to it, you know. And you can go go to a different planet and see if you can find work there, you know, and see whatever. Right? I don't, I'll be curious how they structure it. Yeah. There's blowback, of course, because the main character is a woman, but it's like, oh, like, like if you don't like brunette women, you're probably not a Star Wars fan. Who gives a flying <laughs> fuck? Yeah, I would. Yeah, it makes makes no sense to me. But Star Wars is why, all why, about why they would why they, why they would have a uh, a female main character. No, it makes no sense to me why people would care. Like, like it's princess, it's Princess Leia, but or it's Kira, or it's you know, it Ray. doesn't matter who. Yeah, yeah it's, they're all like they're all strong characters. They all move the plot along. I'm I'm probably. Like more curious why she's being followed around by one of those commando battle droids. Well, because it's like, I think she's reprogrammed it, which it looks. Uh, that I mean that that in itself is cool. Um, but man, Star Wars, like every it seems like every fandom has this like the toxic assholes that like. What, what do you want? You want all to you want to you want Star Wars to be a sausage fest. <sighs> You know, like that doesn't make for interesting stories. If yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it could, but it's more interesting when there's you know diverse, um, you know, there's diversity. It makes it easier to tell more compelling stories versus you got some dude you know who's who swole as fuck and can't be beaten because that that's what they really want, or they, they just want Luke Skywalker or Boba Fett. I just want or, Top Gun. Top Gun everything, right? Yeah. A bunch of dudes in underwear playing volleyball. <laughs> Not being gay at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, to be fair, I don't think any of them were just in their underpants. But they were shirtless, definitely. And oiled up. Whew, anyway, just got to stop talking about this. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's pretty much... I, and, and then there's that Eclipse game that, other than that release trailer, I haven't heard jack shit about yeah, I know that people are. The studio has some issues with 
pre- with previous writers or owners being accused of sexism or things like that. But yeah, they've been completely dark about that. But oh, who's making it? Like Blizzard or something? Oh, I don't remember. Let's just look it up. Or Eclipse. I don't follow that sort of quantum dream, quantic dream. Shocking. But That's... I, I don't know the controversy behind behind it. It was some either owner or high up person was accused of some sort of badness. Oh, shocking! Like there, it's video game writing, so yeah, like well, it's, the most toxic toxic environment possible. Yeah, the because, and this is just my two cents. You're, you're, um is that it was the, a lot of the stuff was just, you know, like the vast majority of it was like, you know, uh, video game stuff was just nerdy nerd nicks who, you know, hadn't, had never touched a booby in their life, you know, so, you know, this was kind of our thing. And now, you know, it's, it's become more, more mainstream. So there, are, you know, there are females in programming and females in video games and, some of them are just, you know, some people are just assholes, and some of them are just get territorial about what they perceive as theirs. But, you know, as time progresses, people have less, there's less of that. It just, it's taking an embarrassingly long time for people of that mindset to just get the fuck over themselves or just retire or die. Yeah, just just so we're clear, I, I did um, I did look it up. So, apparently in 2028, or 2018, sorry, uh, French news media claimed that Quantic Dream had a, quote, schoolboy culture of racism and sexism, and one instance inside the company, an employee photoshopped images of his co-workers onto the bodies of Nazis and semi-naked women. Um, And the company sued this publication and won a lawsuit for libel and came out and said um all right and so then the ceo in a separate interview said um all women are whores in video games that's what makes them good characters but just sounds like he's just a piece of shit honestly wow hey you know okay french people you know you know while you're writing you know (laughs) right just don't you know? Don't trash any of the servers or anything that contains, you know, the game data. But you know, hmm. yeah, yeah. We're not we're not calling for violence against anybody. But it just it just like it sounds like this guy has issues with women, and I think we I think we recognize the type. And obviously, we don't want to perpetuate any negative feelings towards women. Hopefully, he leaves the company. The game gets produced by somebody else, or he has nothing to do with it and can't doesn't profit off of it. But honestly, don't know the situation. But it seems like googling around pretty toxic thing. It sucks because that trailer looks awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, I just saw some more of that. What he said is, is like, ah, uh, yeah, this guy seems like a real piece of work. Yeah, I don't think we have to dig down on how Andrew Tatey he is. Um, we can just throw him on the garbage heap of um, unimportant men. Yeah. Um, so we all, we both know people who behave this way, and we, I choose not to be around them <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
best we can do is, you know, teach your, teach your boys not to be pieces of shit. And then those of us for daughter, who have daughters treat our daughters, you know, teach our daughters not to date or be around or accept pieces of people who act like pieces of shit. Yep. I'll work on the boys because that's all I got. Yeah. But trying hard. All right. I don't want to get any darker. <laughs> um, oh, this actually gets this episode is kind of dark. Oh, right. So, all right. Do you want to move on to the show? Yes, let's do it. All right. So today, we, as Jamie said earlier, we're doing Clone Wars still. Um, and this is our 16th episode of Clone Wars reviewing Lair. And we're reviewing Lair of Grievous, which is season one, episode Ten. Before we get started, I wanted to highlight two members of the cast. I also want to mention um, the director, but we'll get to him in a second. All right, so the first actor today we're going to talk about is David Accord, and David today plays the um, medical droid that helps Grievous. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a funny thing. I he's, he's a lot of times, like in this episode, he sounds a lot like John Mulvaney. But this came out like way before, like he, I, I guess was you know I guess made it. I mean I'm sure he was working comedian then, but uh, there's times that he sounded exactly like John Mulvaney. Yeah, he was doing. Um, so we can get into this in the show a little bit, but he uh, David Accord was doing Paul Lind. Do you know who that is? Like the the gay comedian who was on. Hollywood Squares for like a thousand years in the seventies. I would have to. You would see. recognize him if you saw him. He was. He was. Do you watch Bewitched when you were a kid? He was Uncle. No. Arthur. Anyway, he was. He was always this like foppish character in like the sixties and seventies on TV, and he was trying to do that voice for the medical droid. It's pretty. It's pretty funny to watch him. Watch interviews with him about this. But anyway, so David plays the medical droid today, and we're going to talk about medical droid a lot. Um, but he is a sound guy, and he has been with Star Wars for a very long time, and still is with Star Wars, and he was the supervising sound editor and sound designer on The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker, and he received nominations for both an Oscar and BAFTA for his work on these films. He also is the supervising sound editor for Andor Season 1 and the first two seasons of Mandalorian, which he did win an Emmy for. Um, he's he's appeared as basically background characters in every Star Wars piece of media since Revenge of the Sith. He played a droid in Revenge of the Sith, but he's been Clone Wars, Rebels, Forces of Destiny, Resistance, Mandalorian, and some Lego Star Wars. He. In Mandalorian, he plays the Jawas, who take apart his ship. He does the voices for the Jawas. So, this guy's in everything. Um, if you go digging into his background a little bit further, he was a sound technician on Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and in the M. Night Shyamalan movie Unbreakable, which is one of the movies I like of his. Um, I think he's sort of hit or miss as a director, honestly, but I really like Unbreakable. And The Patriot. Um, the Mel Gibson movie? Yeah, the Mel Gibson movie. He was a sound designer on The Patriot. 
But if you just go back to his credits, like any around 2000-ish, just about any popular movie, um, like you would just recognize work he was done, but it's always, always as a sound guy, right? So he was like in Jersey. He did sound design for like Jersey Girl, which is the Ben Affleck um <laughs> Ben Affleck J-Lo movie where they kill J-Lo in the first five minutes and Ben Affleck is a single dad for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Trying to, trying to figure out, like... Squanchy party, bro! Oh, Squanchy! Sorry. That's okay. We're going to get to that in a second. I assume that you queued that up because of the next guy. Yeah. Well, I was trying to do it on the down low, but... <sighs> All right. I fucked that up. That's okay. Anyway, David Accord is Star Wars royalty. He, he's won Emmys and been nominated for Oscars for his work in Star Wars. I'm so, so happy that we're going to see him a couple more times in other media. Um, so thank you, David. The second guy I'm going to talk about is um, Tom Kenny. And we've actually seen Tom Kenny already, but we didn't talk about him previously. As far as I know, I searched the notes um, in our Google Drive for these names, and he didn't come up. But he plays Newt Gunray. Nadar Veb in today's episode, he plays Greedo and some other characters in Clone Wars. Um, so we're going to see him, we saw him playing Newt Gunray in previous episodes, and we're going to see him in future episodes playing other characters, including Newt Gunray. Um, but he's best known as as the voice of Spongebob. He is Spongebob. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually doesn't do any Star Wars work anymore, probably because he's doing Spongebob 24-7. Yeah. He, he appears in 293 episodes of Spongebob the series alone. And he has more than 500 credits as a VO actor um, starting back in 2000s. Prior to that, prior to his VO work, he was a comedian or a bit actor comedian on Mr. Show with Bob Odenkirk. And I know you finished Better Call Saul, so mm-hmm. um, I love Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. But... Just to get to the point, um, I pulled out a couple of shows that he's done VO work on recently. He's been on American Dad as half a dozen characters, and Rick and Morty as half a dozen characters, including Squanchy. Hold on. Hi. <laughs> oh my god! I'm squanching in here! I had no idea that was him. <laughs> or he's just like... The, the one where he's just like... Uh, I squanch my family. Uh, what? I do. I squanch my family. Uh, stop saying it, gross. Uh, come on. <laughs> That's Tom. So congratulations, Tom, on the role of a lifetime in SpongeBob SquarePants, and thanks for Squanchy, and thanks for Newt Gunray and Navar- Nadar- mm-hmm. Um, Ready for the plot? Let's do it. All right. So the little Jedi fortune cookie at the beginning is... Most powerful is he who controls his own power. We're going to get to whether or not we think that is applicable in our discussion. Yes, this is something I've thought about a lot lately um, due to the Dune 2 trailer dropping. But please continue. All right, so the little propaganda newsreel summary gives details about Newt Gunray's escape in the previous episode. And it says Kit Fisto is tracking the ship Gunray stole. He arrives on an isolated planet. The planet's name is Vesic. Um, so now into the show, Kit Fisto contacts Luminara and Ahsoka. Luminara tells Fisto that Nadar Veb is already there on the surface. Kit Fisto says he will meet up with Nadar on the surface, and they will catch up, and they will catch Newt Gunray. On the surface, 
the planet is covered in fog. Kit Fisto sees Nadar is a Mon Calamari Jedi and drawn to be a young one. Mm-hmm. Kit Fisto says he's sorry he missed his trials, but he's proud that he passed and became a Jedi Knight. Right. Yeah, I'm going to stop here for a sec because um, Veb is actually was his Padawan, and it's he says that um, Kit Fisto implies that he was sorry he wasn't there to help finish his training. Oh, I mean, not not exactly that, but he he was called I think to it's duty. Implied. I yeah. think it's implied. I, I agree with you. And I'm hoping we get to talk about... Um, I think we're going to talk a lot about Nadar, Nadar in this episode and how and how Nadar could have used a stronger hand. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this planet? It's a um, fog-covered planet. It's all right. It's I, I Actually, I didn't think that much about it, to be honest, because I, I like this episode so much um, that I was just... I was looking forward to like getting to the the juicy meaty parts yeah i won't weigh us down with too much trivia but this is a fog covered planet and that is the star wars sort of rule that planets can only be one thing Mm -hmm. all right let's keep going all right the clones say the beacon is immediately south of their position um nadar uses the force to push clouds away and reveals a huge structure looks like a palace or something like something carved into a mountain kefisto says that was a neat trick uh, but they shouldn't keep the vice boy waiting. They're expecting him to be inside. They proceed to the building. Some clones stay with the ship. Some clones go with the Jedi. They sort of divide their forces here. Um, at the door, the clone quickly wants to blow the doors open with explosive. Nadar says he wants to use his lightsaber because it's quieter. And Kip Fisto just says, everyone stop. And he just walks up and opens the door. Sort of a funny, funny moment in a relatively heavy episode. Yeah. Um, inside, Kit Fisto senses something, but the scanners are not picking up anything. The place looks abandoned. There's no guards or anything. Um, as the team advances, they start to hear Newt Gunray and some battle droids talking. Um, the team reaches the room with the battle droids. The battle droids are talking to Gunray, but the chair is facing away from the Jedi. Newt Gunray, Newt Gunray orders the battle droids to engage with the Jedi. Um, Nadar is extremely aggressive, not just defeating the droids, but using the force to sort of blow them apart. Um, Kip Fisto asks Nadar if he's forgot to teach him some, forgot to teach him restraint. Um, Nadar apologizes. Yeah, Yeah, I want to mention that throughout this episode, um, while Nadar is, um, problematic, um, he's like one of the few Jedi that doesn't forget he can use the force during a duel. And maybe it's just because of how the character is written and what he's supposed to do and, and be. But, you know, he's just, like, using lightsaber and the Force at the exact same time. They don't do that a whole lot because it, they always just for. I want to say they forget, but for whatever reasons, you know, they don't have them just, like, throwing rocks at each other the entire time. Or, um, you know, like... You know, like, like what doing what, like, Vader does to Luke where he just, you know, like, starts just... Um, they're dueling, and then he just starts throwing stuff at Luke, and then he's he realizes that oh, he doesn't even have to duel Luke, um, or like you know, like that 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 one scene that that you you and I both really like in Episode One, where they first where the where the duel with Maul first starts, and you know they're fighting, and then just Maul is just kind of an afterthought, just picks up a container and just throws it at like a door um, control. 
Yeah, that was honestly not to get sidetracked, but he just like points at this piece of detritus on the floor and like flicks his finger and it flies up and hits the door release or whatever. In the theater in 1999, I was like, that was fucking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. And Nadar using the Force, they they wrote him to, quote, overuse the Force, right? He doesn't, he doesn't walk up to the door of the lair. He uses the Force to blow away all the fog from the door. He doesn't flip the chair around on Newt Gunray. He uses the Force to flip the chair around, right? He dismantles the droid using the Force in the battle. It's fun, but also they're trying to make, this, make the point of, like, he is showing off and using his power too much. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kit Fisto and um, Nadar go up to the chair and and spin it around, like I said. Um, and Newt Gunray isn't there; it's just a, his hologram. Nadar uses the force to turn the chair, even though Kit Fisto is about to grab the chair. Um, Newt Gunray's hologram disappears, and Count Dooku appears in his place. Dooku apologizes for the deception, very polite, and says that there's a greater prize waiting for for them. And as he disappears, a blinking light on the chair appears, and it's beeping. They talk about it for a second, but Nadar pushes the light, and a door opens. The door is to a hallway, and the team proceeds down a hallway, and they see a statue of a warrior holding a severed head. In another room, the same warrior, now with robotic arms, is posing in different fighting positions. They proceed to another room, and it opens up, and it's full of spare parts for General Grievous. They realize this is Grievous's house. And yeah. those statues were Grievous before he became Grievous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. Cause I, um, I actually watched. Sorry, I forgot to mention this. I, I watched the uh, the duel between uh, Obi Wan and Vader in the Kenobi series because uh, I really love that duel. The second one. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 second one where Obi Wan kind of reca- you know, where he wins, you know, the the, the last episode, and um. Just thinking, like, does is is there like a closet like this on Mustafar where that Vader's got different parts, or you know, like yes. he's got like ten helmets that he just rotates through? Or I would be surprised if we haven't seen that in a comic book. But there is a there is a scene in a book. I want to say it's one of the Thrawn books where Vader has an extra suit, like a full extra suit, with him, and there's some sort of trap they have to get through, and Basically, they're getting pelted with, like, fast-drying concrete. And Vader uses the Force to animate his extra suit to go in there and fight. And it basically disables the the security measure. And then Thrawn and Vader go in after. Um, But yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see Vader's spare part room. Mm -hmm. Like, like, now I want to flip through all these Vader comics on my desk to see if I can find it. But... um, (laughs) So, I want to talk about this later, so remind me if I forget. But these statues of Grievous are super important. Because there's two stories about how General Grievous became General Grievous. Oh, yeah, 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 there is. Um, Alright, so so now they realize they're in the lair of General Grievous. And New Gunray, not the, not the purpose of this episode. So back on Grievous' shuttle, or on Grievous' shuttle, Count Dooku appears in a hologram and tells Grievous that he's not doing so hot in this war, and they expect more dead Jedi. Grievous complains that he is expected to kill Jedi, but only has battle droids to do it. Dooku hangs up on him. Yeah. So I, I, I like this call because it 
because um, a like like you said, but it's also that like that the the war is like us being viewers looking on the outside, and I don't know if this was intended or not, but the war has to be it's um, it has to be ramped up. In a, it is very uh, um, it's a very um, public um, I want to say not public but you know it has to be you know, like portrayed in the media like as bad it has to get ramped up and way right. to ramp that up is to you know it's it can't just fizzle out it has to consume everything it's like has to inspire terror has to be a, an existential threat to the galaxy and the best way to do that is like take out some leadership mm-hmm or throw a failed coup for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to Dooku's machinations in a few. Yeah, yeah. Gri- Gri- Grievous takes a, a dump on Padme's desk, and then he steals like her laptop. There it is. So Grievous lands on the planet, same planet, the fog-covered planet. In the lair, Nadar is looking over the trophies Grievous has taken from the fallen Jedi. The clones call and say. Um, that a ship matching Grievous's fighter is landing on the planet. Um, then they make a plan to capture him with the element of surprise. So these trophies, I do want to stop here for a second. Um, at this point, all of these trophies, except for one lightsaber, is uh, are Padawan braids. So, yeah. so Grievous has been running around killing Padawans. This is. This is this will come back in a in a line of dialogue later, but this is super gross. Yeah. Um, Grievous enters his lair, and he calls for his guards, and he calls for Gore. We find out what Gore is in a minute. Um, Kip Fisto, Nadar, and the clones confront him. They surprise him. Fisto demands his surrender. Grievous refuses and ignites his lightsabers. Both Kip Fisto and Nadar attack. It's a decent lightsaber fight going on here. While they're fighting, the clones try to tie him up with cables. They've got these guns that shoot cables. In the fight, both of Grievous's legs are severed, but he uses the clones as shields and throws them around and scurries away on his arms like a, I don't know, like a spider or like a lizard or something. Yeah, it was, it was like more like a monkey because he's just like swinging from the ceiling. Right. He does this. He does two moves, right, where he's scurrying around like on all fours. On his like four arms on the floor, and then he goes up and he does like monkey bars things, where he's like getting through his palace, swinging hand over hand. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching the ground. Um, during this fight, he kills about half the clones that went with the Jedi. Um, Grievous sneaks into a secret passage when no one's looking. One of the clones asks, "Where did he go?" Nadar said, "The clones got in the way. He could have captured Grievous." Kit Fisto, obviously disappointed in the comments, says they need to check on their men. Um, so this is the second or third time Nadar has said something like this. Like, like I'm going to kill him, or I could have killed him, or we're going to stop him, or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, back in the secret passageway, Grievous meets with his doctor, which is a droid, EVA4D. Um, the droid says if Grievous were a better fighter, he wouldn't need so many repairs. I love I love the give and take of this droid. They wrote they wrote this droid to be a foil from like a personality point of view from Grievous. And basically the only person in the universe that could give Grievous shit who he wouldn't automatically kill. Yeah. And so that's why his voice is modeled after Paul Lin's 
um, the comedian that we mentioned earlier, it's because um, his voice is about as opposite of Grievous's voice as you can get. Anyway, um, in the light, we can see that Grievous is also shot in the eye and is scoring all over half of his face. The doctor goes to get spare parts. As the doctor's walking away, Grievous asks what happened to his bodyguards, and EVA4D says they were remotely de deactivated for recharging. He assumed Grievous did it. Grievous reactivates the guards and tells them to go secure the perimeter. Back with the Jedi, Nadar tells Kit Fisto he should fight Grievous himself. Kit Fisto says no, they are retreating. They contact the clones outside to send a message to the fleet. The clones go, the clones go to send the message, and then Grievous's guards, the Magna guards, destroy the ship. Um, they find Kit Fisto's starfighter, and the astromech takes off to escape. So um, R6 gets away with the fighter. Inside the lair, uh, the Jedi and the clones are trapped. Grievous contacts them on a hologram and tells them he's going to kill them. This is a, this is sort of like a Bond villain thing. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Kit Fisto says, like, you can yeah. try. <laughs> right? Grievous says his home is prepared for uninvited guests. Just then the floor drops out and the clones fall into a lava pit. Nadar saves another clone from dying. Kit Fisto mocks Grievous again. Um, Grievous mocks the Jedi. And then Kit Fisto destroys the camera droid. Um, in this section, Nadar joins the I have a bad feeling about this club. Yeah, yeah, he does. He also has another quote. Did you notice it earlier in the episode where he says to Grievous when they're fighting in the hallway, don't make me destroy you. You're right. And that's obviously what a quote of Vader um, when he's talking with Luke, right? That's right, isn't it? Um, Is that backward? Yeah. Um... No, it, it is Vader, because Vader's saying that, like, don't make... That's it's Empire, yeah. Vader's saying, don't make me destroy you um, when they're on the gantry. Yeah, that doesn't... I think, doesn't... Doesn't Anakin say something similar? Ye probably, yeah. The exact line is, there is no escape, don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do, you do not realize your importance. You've only begun to discover your power. Right. All right. Um... All right, so Kit Fisto and Grievous have this mocking back and forth. Grievous releases Gore, the thing he was calling to earlier, and Gore is Grievous's pet, Rogwar. It is yeah. a gigantic dinosaur. This thing is awesome. Um, this is a cybernetic dinosaur. Um, you're not. I guess you probably haven't played the the newer versions of Doom, but there's a. Um, have well, you... So it looks like something from Doom. But the, the, the newer versions of Doom, there's a lot more like these crazy cybernetic demons. And this this thing reminds me so much of it. Cause it's just so like... It, it's it's creepy to, without the cybernetics, but the cybernetics just add that level of menace. Yeah, I Doom is probably the best cultural reference here. Um, and listener, if you've never played Doom, it's just... It's just a gory video game from the early days of video games for the sake of it being gory. Yeah. It's like Duke Nukem and Doom, those sorts of games where you're running around shooting things with a bazooka to watch the blood spray up against the wall sort of thing. Oh, yeah. there's <laughs> they, in, um, Doom Eternal, which was the latest one, came out a few years ago, and it's just a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's just wild. It's just yeah. It's just I can't believe they're still making those games. Gore and horror for the sake of gore and horror. All right. So so this they're fighting this um, doom like demi boss named Gore. It's basically one one clone and the two Jedi face face off against this beast. Um, Grievous is watching this on his television, but the doctor comes in and tells him it's time for his repairs. The doctor asks, um, asks Grievous, um, sometimes he wonders why he submitted to these cybernetics. Grievous calls them improvements and says he chose them. Yeah. The doctor cuts off his faceplate, um, but we don't see Grievous' face. We cut back to the Jedi, and they're fighting this beast. Uh, Nadar and the clones get knocked down. Um, Nadar cuts off his tail. The clone falls to the ground. Kephisto cuts off his arms and then kills the beast by stabbing him in the neck. Uh, Nadar's kneeling over one of the clones and says he will avenge him. Grievous will pay. Kephisto says he needs to check his power. Nadar says that only strength will win this war. Kephisto says Nadar is forgetting who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot here in this yeah. short, short sequence. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, um, are we just going to leave uh, the... the the grievous stuff for uh, after the episode. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about grievous's the many ways grievous becomes grievous at the end. Okay, so yeah, so this is very much a um, well, this is a thing I wanted to talk about and talk more in depth later is that uh, Nadar is a Jedi who has come of age in a time of war, and he's. He's seeing what you know, like um, he's he's seeing that what war is about the you know the harsh realities of it, and then that like you don't win wars by being nice; you win wars by destroying your enemy by being strong. Um, and this kind of goes. This is kind of antithetical to the, the Jedi teaching. And, you know, Kid Fisto's kind of like, whoa, you know, don't don't talk like that. But it's like, well, can you blame him? Yeah, I mean, he walked into a room not ten minutes ago that had the braids of ten Padawans laying on a table like they're fucking trophies. Yeah. Grievous um, would kill him and not think twice about it. In fact, he does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's hard. It's hard. It's the question. It's a, it's a very relevant question. Like, what do you do when you are faced with evil, right? Is it wrong to meet force with force? Yeah, you think you th- like because you think like the people who are in the, uh, who are in the military pre Pearl Harbor versus the people who are in the military post Pearl Harbor. People who are in the military before were you know in the military for all the many reasons that you joined the military, but Afterwards, when World War Two like truly kicks off, they're in there to get payback, right? You know, they right. There's definitely a motivation, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is what we're seeing in him. Like, like, like you you never want to be in a situation where might makes right, right? You're not right because you won, but you can be right and win. You know what I mean? Yes. There's a distinction. It's like like we're we're not. We're not right because we built the biggest bomb. 
We're right because we're right, and we built the biggest bomb to make sure the wrong people didn't win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, this is... Nadar is... Like, this character is so perfect in this episode. Walking you down this path would be like, be like, no, I've got power, and I'm going to use that power to win. All right, so after the repairs, uh, Grievous checks in to make sure Gore has killed the Jedi, only to find a dead Gore and no Jedi. This is, and it's not funny when your pet dies, but this is like a comedic moment where he's like, I'm just going to make sure that Gore won, <laughs> and Gore's dead. Um, the doctor says that he has a call from Count Dooku. Dooku says he heard the Jedi have infiltrated his lair, and uh, Dooku takes this opportunity to give Grievous his quarterly performance review. <laughs> Uh, Grievous realizes that Dooku set this whole thing up to test him, and Grievous hangs up on Dooku. This is a nice little sort of call and answer to the earlier call with Dooku, where Dooku hangs up on Grievous almost in mid-sentence. Um, Grievous hangs up on Dooku in mid-sentence, uh, and he goes to kill the Jedi. Uh, Nadar and Kit Fisto see Grievous exiting the control room, and Kit Fisto tries to use the same combination. Grievous is, sorry, I didn't say it, but this is no, but Grievous is entering and and exiting these rooms by pushing on these stones in a certain order in the door, and it opens the door. It's like a combination lock. So Kit Fisto sees him do this, and he tries to do the same um, combination to get into the room, but the doctor droid is using the surveillance system and sees him doing this, and he calls through the comm to alert Grievous that the Jedi are right behind him. Nadar turns to fight the Magna Guards and Grievous, even as Kit Fisto begs him not to, the Doctor slams the door, um, separating the two. I think the Doctor thought he was slamming the Jedi outside the control room. Um, Nadar turns to fight the droids in Grievous. He's doing okay. And then Kit Fisto proceeds to the control room. Do you want to talk about this before we get to the finale? Um, yeah, the... Yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, it's such it's, it's a great battle between Nadar and the Magna Guards. And, you know, and he's... It's like he wants he wants the glory of doing it. He's not he's not sacrificing himself for the greater good. He's doing it because he wants to be the one to kill Grievous. Right. So so Kit Fisto proceeds to the control room and the doctor is watching this whole thing fold out on or unfold on um, the T V screen and Kit Fisto destroys the doctor by slicing him through the chair, like cutting him in half, basically. And then he, Kipfisto walks over the monitors and sees Nadar killed by Grievous. Grievous is fighting Nadar with lightsabers and basically pins his lightsaber and uses one of his extra arms to pull a blaster out and shoots him in the gut. Mm -hmm. Real cowardly way to kill a guy, but, you know. Grievous says he's turning, or Grievous says he's coming for Kipfisto next. Kip Fisto calls for R6 to pick him up and then destroys the control room. Um, Kip Fisto goes out on the platform for a pickup. And Grievous follows him. They fight in the fog. This is sort of a fun fight. Kip Fisto's really holding back in this fight a lot. Um, but he does have this great force force push in the middle of it. And then he cuts off one of Kip Fisto's, or cuts off Grievous's hand and recovers a lightsaber. I'm pretty sure this was Nadar's lightsaber. Um, Grievous is losing the battle, but until the man until the Magna Guards show up, and then Kipfisto's being overwhelmed by them. Grievous says he will die quickly if he surrenders, and then R6 shows up, and Kipfisto jumps onto the fighter. Um, he escapes. 
Count Dooku. Uh, Grievous puts in a call to Count Dooku and tells him the Jedi were defeated. So he wants he wants that bonus after all. Mm-hmm. Dooku is excited that he killed them all. But Grievous, Grievous has to fess up that he did not kill Fisto. So Grievous, uh, Dooku has this great line. He's like, oh, so you, you can get better. Yeah. There's, there's room for improvement. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a four out of five on this section of killing Jedi. I really liked what you've done this this quarter. You've shown a lot of initiative, um, and you did kill a bunch of Padawans. However, if you want to get that five out of five, we're expecting something higher than a knight. Yeah. Right? you got to really reach for it, right? you got to really, really make the higher-ups talk about you in a positive way. Because right now, you're basically doing what's expected of you. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more. I'm willing to give you that four. Yeah, not just a knight, just like a young guy who's like, <laughs> ju- who's like just promoted. Right, right. Like, you did kill that knight. He was... Newly off of his trials, though. So yeah. let's, let's let's not let's let's put the tiger on the table, okay? Yeah. I think we I think we've got a lot of room for growth here, okay? And <laughs> I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. We're gonna work together yeah. this year. This next year, we're gonna work together and really really get it done. Jeez. You're gonna get that five out of five. Man, this <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating to hear. <laughs> hey, yeah. To next year, I did exactly what you said. Why am I still getting a f- four? Yeah, he killed Shock T in a cutscene, though. Yeah, you can't kill you can't kill a Jedi Master in a cutscene and expect high marks. Okay, you got to get that shit on camera. It's got to <laughs> be part of the continuity. It got retconned. Your killing of a Jedi Master got retconned. That's not five out of five material, my dude. We'll get it next year. <laughs> I'm with you on this. <laughs> so close. It's in a cutscene. <laughs> All right. Um, last scene, back at the Jedi Temple. Yoda says power cannot be met with power, and they are in danger of losing who they are in this war. Yep. Uh, the end. So, other than traumatizing you with a impromptu performance review, how did you think? What did you think of this episode? Oh, I thought it was a I thought it was a great episode because I. When it comes to like the Jedi and their fall from grace, I could talk about this sort of thing forever. The you know the you know like the good, um, the you know the like every story you know the most compelling stories I enjoy are the ones that where the the person starts off good or a group starts off good, you know with good intentions and because they're so dogmatic or unwilling to bend um, or you know change at the times they're either annihilated or they become something else entirely yeah and this is this really makes the case that that they're asleep at the wheel here right they're like promoting jedi up who don't have masters who the masters are all called off to war and they're just like 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 oh just finish your training and and we'll put you in the field be like, okay, so my my goal now is to be a warrior. My goal now is to meet my master in the battlefield. And that's yeah. what's going to make me a Jedi. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was a novel. It was a novelization, or if it was I think it's actually in Episode One, where Yoda talks about how arrogance is. I think it's arrogance is is something that's becoming more and more common in Jedi. That's in. Attack of the Clones, I think, it, because they're talking about it's 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 not in Episode One; it's either Episode Two or Episode Three. Because Obi Wan says 
talking about Anakin, how he's more powerful than any other student, and he knows it. And Yoda says, yes, arrogance is becoming a problem in the Jedi Order. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, so it's, you know, they, um, they're they losing control. And there's so much, um, I mean, there's, oh, there's always been questions that, like, I've had with, like, the Jedi. What do you do? Like the, um, did did you finish um, Path of Vengeance? Um, no, I actually haven't started Path of Vengeance yet. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm taking a break from Star Wars books, but I'm going to start it this week. Okay. Well, I was just working on other things. Without without any, uh, any major spoilers. Oh, sorry, dog's in here with me. Is that he's obviously not ready. He like he like just graduated West Point, and instead of just being a you know. A, a low-level officer, so where he can learn. This guy, this guy's got the powers like of God, and given you know, like he's made a general in a war, you know, and he's you know, and he's seeing firsthand what happens in war. Like, like what do you, what do you do with the beam? He and he's he's obviously not ready. He should have never been promoted. Somehow he's somehow he was allowed to be promoted. But there's, for me, it's like, there's no way they didn't know that he had these troubles. That there's, like, that they just, like, ignore science. Um, right. Like, so so maybe the Jedi trials are not a sufficient test for the kind of Jedi they need in the field, right? Or um, one thing that they suggest at... One thing that they suggest in a later episode is that so many Jedi were killed on Geonosis that they promoted a bunch, right? Like, they, they forced them through, because this is in between episodes two and three. Um, dozens of Jedis were, Jedis were killed in that battle, and so it's like during the pandemic when they graduated all of those med students. It's like, yeah, you need doctors, you need, you need Jedi Knights, so make more. Mm-hmm. Don't, think about, don't think about the consequences of that, right? Nadar is good enough, but you're right. He's got the, he's got the abilities of a god, and he was put on a mission where he could kill like one of the top generals of the opposing army, and he went for it, right? Not in a smart way, but what would be... Kip Fisto was willing to acquiesce almost immediately, probably the smart move. Let's fall back and regroup, but I don't know. Like I, I have a hard time... I know Nadar's in the wrong here, but I have a hard time, like, if I put myself in his position, it's like, you have to take the shot to kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't matter what happens. You have to, right? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and, and, and well, maybe, maybe if you're, like, maybe if you're, like, you know, battle-hardened, like, you've, you've been through the ringer a few times, and you know... Like you got, you know when to hold them and you know when to fold them, you know. Versus somebody who's just young, right? Who's so, just like, yeah, let's do this now. Young and impulsive, right? So the misinterpretation by me in this situation is in the show. Grievous is losing this war, right? And so Kit Fisto knows in this moment because this is the whole point of the, this trap, right? Because Dooku's like, he'll either kill a Jedi or he'll be killed. I win, no matter what, right? Because I get rid of Grievous, who's an incompetent boob, or he kills a Jedi, right? That's cool. And so Kid Fisto's like, yeah, we lost. 
we, we can't take him out right now because he's too he's too strong. Let's go, right? Because he's going to lose anyway. Mm-hmm. And Nadar's like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him for my personal reasons. Yeah, right. For my personal satisfaction of it. So yeah, I'm back off. I'm back off, Nadar. Nadar. Yeah. Strategically, it doesn't matter if Grievous dies, this or dies in this episode. Um, he's losing the war. It's probably better if he loses. Better if he lives, because then he has to. He's dealing with his own office politics as well as all of the external threats of being the general of the opposing army. Right. And 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 so much of this is just like the Jedi. Just like you train people up to be, you know, like say like it's like one percent or you know point one percent of the population of the galaxy has force abilities and maybe even a smaller portion of that are, you know, at the level of like being accepted to be a Jedi. You take people and train them, you you teach them like all these, you know, ways to be, you know, essentially a God and you, you're expecting them to be good, but you, it's like they, they're, um, it's kind of like the, the the hubris thing again with the Jedi. They're they're teaching them wrong, right? Right. And they don't know it. It's you know it's a thing with um, it's a thing with like um, that's been talked about with like AI. Is that like it's putting out so much crap, but that crap is now becoming part of the data set. From from what right. I understand, right? There's I I want to talk about AI with you until the fucking cows come home. But people are talking about, like, we have to lock the data sets now because the AI is generating its own feedback loop, mm-hmm. right? It thinks its output is valid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. Yeah, I, I made a uh, I, I made a fake um, liquor bottle label for my wife for her birthday. It was so, I, and I used an AI to do it. It was so hard to do it. Like, um, it... it wasn't as hard as actually drawing it myself, <laughs> but um, it was like it was so ridiculous, and, and it turned out so creepy. I had to like edit it, and like the you know, and um, the just the the little um, image editor that comes with uh, comes with a Mac. But it's just like if you're they, it's like they don't know that they're teaching them wrong, or it's just that they've. Um, or maybe it's more kind of like the, the, the boiled frog sort of thing, is that they don't know what they're doing is wrong, and it's just systematically, slowly, over time, getting worse and worse. And it doesn't notice, right? It doesn't notice until you get uh, until you get a Veb, or you get a uh, Plo Koon. No, no, sorry, not Plo Koon. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, Pong Krell? Pong Krell, yeah. Or Dooku, or... <laughs> You know, Anakin, but by the time you get to an Anakin, it's too late. And even with Anakin, they're like, uh, we don't really want to, but, you know, like, everybody else, like, agrees to. I was like, what do you, what do you do with people? It's like, they're training people to be, you know, like, essentially gods. And they can't, they can't take, they can't take everyone. Um, and what happens to the people who don't pass the trials? What are you going to do with them? You know, like you train a you, you train a soldier, um, and they just can't cut it. You cut them loose, 
And while they have some, you know, they have the, the training, but if they don't have access to firearms or other, you know, weapons, you know, they're not going to be that much of a problem. You know, like Michigan or some bullshit. Yeah. But like, like a Jedi is like, you can't kick them out or you should be watching these people because they have, um, they have these insane powers that they might not use for good. You know, there could very well be like Jedi, like Pong Krell, who are just like going through the motions, just saying, yeah, oh yeah, I'll do this good stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. But, you know, they're, but they've just become very good at lying. You know, or, or hiding their true, you know, their true intentions. Shit, Palpatine, uh, Palpatine was able to hide in plain sight in front of them. Yeah, how many Jedi's are just kind of like, like, oh, like, okay, like the Bart, the 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 Bart Simpson thing where it's like, like fake apologies are, you know, like I've become really good at fake apologies. And Marge is like Bart, and he's like, I'm sorry. She's like, that's better, and he's just like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. I think I think by the time we get to Pon Krell, um, we're going to have a list of Jedi's who saw what was coming because we know Dooku and Sifo-Dyas saw it because of Dooku Jedi Lost. Pon Krell saw what was happening. There are others that saw what was happening. It is like Nadar is a sign of what of a disease that's growing in the Jedi, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they Yoda like puts puts words to it he's like he's like oh we might like like we might fuck up i fuck this up and it's like yeah yeah you, you don't know how bad you fuck it up because not only do you fuck it up like all you idiots end up dead because yeah. you fucked it up i mean you got the you couldn't have fucked it up worse honestly <laughs> yeah you got the inquisitors who are all like former jedi they didn't i mean you got like the um the second sister who was kind of eventually tortured and caved but a lot of them were probably just like okay Sure. Let's the do Grand it. Inquisitor was a fucking temple guard. Yeah. He was a guy that was like, you're not good enough to be a knight. Guard the door. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think he was, he, he says he was a knight, but you know, like he's Whatever. not, they don't, they never go got into a nine inch dick. <laughs> like no one's, no one's checking his resume. <laughs> no, well, he, he says when he knights, um, Kanan, it's like, what's that mean? It means you are once I, what I once was a knight of the Jedi order. But it's like, you know, like people who aren't going very far, you know, and that's something I would be interested in is that like finding out like his fall and like his leaving, you know, because he was like, he was already fully dressed and ready to go. Um, you know, and he was already training them before, you know, Vader's on the scene. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's something I would be interested in. But yeah, like these, all these, they've got all these Jedis and they're not all of them are probably good. I mean, like any organization, there's people that are just going to be like, um, they're just going to like change their mind. Oh, let's we're just going to fuck shit up instead. Oh, okay, sure, whatever. They got a three. Out of, they got a three out of five because they barely finished their training on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? they got their they got their workplace sexual harassment training that they they took at the last fucking second. They got their they got their federal employee viewpoint survey um, that we needed. Greater than seventy-five percent participation, in, and I know for a fact you didn't take it, right? So you're you're gonna get a three out of five this year. Yeah. You, so they've, you know, and then you've got the ones. There's got to be ones who aren't who don't even get chosen to be Padawans. Yeah, because that because that selection process is fucking bullshit, right? We've seen it. We saw it in Dooku. We saw it in a couple others. And then every once in a while, 
like a Qui-Gon would be like, be like, yeah, I don't want to be Obi-Wan's mentor anymore. I'm going to take this little kid I found, I bought on a desert planet. <laughs> yeah, I bought him. I'm going to groom her. Um, <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan's good enough, right? So, so I'm done with Obi-Wan, right? It's just, it's just like a wild thing. It's like they can do whatever they want. And yeah, maybe they don't get selected. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just a... Are you just in the pool indefinitely? Like, what there's if you, a, did, there's what a did, character in a sorry, there's a character in a High Republic book who uh, we talked about her previously. It was in one of the books, one of the short books you don't read. But she was like a mechanic Jedi, where she could like intuit how machines worked and like use the Force to like fix mechanical problems and i think she had a hard time finding a master and she was super old when she finally found one i can't remember her name right now but this happens this, this is a problem and a problem that they're establishing yeah and at least the higher like yeah yeah because okay so you got padawans who like do they are not they're not even padawans just younglings or just eventually you know the masterless um jedi who don't you know are not getting the specialized training do they just get like a community college version of you know uh training and eventually become knights but not like they're never they're not really considered much um like top tier they'll never be like a master or member of the council or anything like that and then like i mean i i I have no idea and then and then what about the what about the padawans who can't complete the trials or what about the ones who become problems? Because there's, there's I guess they end be up ones... shelving books with Jocasta New forever, right? Yeah, then there'll always be one. There's always be ones with problems. There's always going to be kids who are problem kids, you know. And there's no like, there's no like, like I don't I don't know like where you grew up, but there's like the the bad kid high school, like where it's like it was like the second chance high school, you know. Right. Is there, is there a you know a second chance chance Jedi Academy where they or or do they they send them off to like some temple, like you know, with some like hard ass, you know, like uh, run by some hard ass master, something like that. Vincent D'Onofrio in Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah, he fucking, he fucking cracks, cracks under the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then once they make master, then you know, what's to stop somebody who just told them what they wanted to hear and they weren't paying attention and they they heard exactly what they wanted to hear, and now he's you know, he's got all the rank and privileges and. Or she, and they can just fuck shit up. All right, this is I didn't I didn't say because we've been talking, but I also like this episode. Um, this is one of the episodes that you and I have talked about for years. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of the episodes, in my opinion, that makes Clone Wars good, right? Otherwise, it's it's like a bunch of Star Wars stories, which are always fun. This episodes like this take it to the next level. Yeah, I'm looking oh. at a record time. Sorry, yeah, I want to say one more thing, and go then sorry, get back to it. It's like Kit Fisto. This was his pad, his Padawan, who he supposedly spent a lot of time with. You know, um, training. You know, like you know, as his mentor, he's not nearly as broken up as you think he would be. Agreed. You know, like I have one hundred percent agreed on that. I I have scouts that I have you know worked with um, for years. And if something were to happen to them, you know, like, you know, like I, you know, I don't know them well enough other than when they come to meetings or see them at, at, you know, at camping events and stuff. But if something were to happen to them, I would be a wreck. And I don't know if it's just the writing 
because you know a lot of times you know like when they end you know end episodes it's just kind of like like oh well you know this happened whatever you know maybe kit fisto is like a wreck something but he doesn't seem to be a wreck he's just like yeah he fucked up what are you gonna do anyways right i i noted that too and thanks for bringing it up because it's it is partially probably it's part of the problem that they're this detached i at least in my opinion i do want to move on because i want to talk about before we get to rankings and trivia and everything i want to talk about grievous because this is this is an episode where I, I watched interviews with Filoni about how he was going to handle Grievous's backstory, and that they 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 landed on this strategy. So I'm going to start with: Do you know Grievous's backstory? There's two backstories. Do you know either? So I have a comic with his. Uh, I think it's called Visionaries. You have the Visionaries comic. Yes, where he. Um, He's essentially like going to. Um, he is a uh, Kaylee Kalesh. Kalesh. Yeah. Kalesh. Yeah, he's a Kalesh general, and he's going to fight like the the Hook, the Huck. They're like their mortal enemies, and he's got um, you know he has like a ceremonial like mask that has like two lines in the, the eye holes that look very much like Grievous's mask, and his shuttle is sabotaged by the Techno Union. Uh, and he is rescued and he is told that the Jedi were helping his mortal enemies the the Hook, Huck, whatever and um, you know and then like he's you know they're going to turn him into a cyborg you know whether he likes it or not you know and you know so they and Dooku trains him um, in you know you know lightsaber combat and so he, he he's very you know like anti-jedi because he thinks that you know the jedi are the cause of his and his people's suffering so the so so that is that is the one of the continuities in that continuity you left out um maybe because it's elaborated in a different piece of media he is given a transfusion of sifo blood to survive um and that is a detail that may or may not matter but so so that continuity of him being shot down and being rebuilt by dooku in this like brainwashed pow sort of situation um existed prior to this episode and filoni has talked about this a lot because they didn't know what dooku what dooku's backstory was at this moment and this this piece of media existed and since it's in a visionaries comic it is even at the time it was meant to be a non-canon story it was basically like a what if story Mm -hmm. and so and so their their point of view of this was like we don't have a backstory for grievous but we have this we have this half story for grievous about him being rebuilt there's a couple of things in this episode depending on how you look at it that may contradict that telling. One is the statue of him being intermediately in an intermediate cyborg state. He had cybernetic arms, mm-hmm. and that that would contradict the story. And then the other thing is Grievous's own words, where he said, "I chose these upgrades." Um, and obviously, if you're basically dead and being reassembled by Dooku, you're not making choices. Um, so Dave Filoni said that he brought George Lucas in. And said, "What do you want to do about Dooku?" And he laid out this story in this comic, 
And George Lucas said, yeah, that's fine. Um, Dooku always wanted to be a Jedi, but wasn't Force-sensitive. And so was obsessed with Jedi and learned, like, wanted the trappings of them. It's like, so make sure that that's clear. And so one of the motivations for Dooku, or for Grievous, is that he wanted, more than anything, to know how to use a lightsaber and how to be have Jedi-like powers. And, and, and so Dave Filoni basically said, like, like, he didn't want to directly contradict the story that exists in this comic, but he also didn't want to confirm it. So he's like, like, I like the idea of, like, people having headcanon about him. He's like, there's a reason why they cut away when they pull the mask away, when the Dr. Droid is pulling the mask off of him, they cut. Like, I don't want to show his face. I want people to think about it. I want people to, like, like wonder what's happening with him. I don't hate this story. I don't hate this origin of Dooku at all. Or, sorry, I keep saying Dooku. I don't hate this origin of Grievous at all. I think it's good. Yeah. But, but I also I also wouldn't care if they, they completely retconned it. Yeah. But I like that it's ambiguous. Which, it's... The funny thing is, is that they they didn't... T- um, they kind of retconned that a little bit, but they took the design of Maul from Visionaries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really did. So, um, yeah, that's peculiar. It's good though. Like, like, what do you like? Like, what is your opinion about this uh, this origin story of of Grievous of the vision of the visionaries origin story of Grievous? I, I I like it better actually because it makes it more better than what I, I like that that he's just some some dude who just keeps on getting augmented. Um, that it just that he is someone who is like trapped but he doesn't know it you know that he's or maybe some way he's does but he's just become psychotic in for a penny and for a pound yeah that you know like they've they found they found this great like leader and they decided to um they decided to it it, it fits with the taking something the theme the sorry it fits with the theme that's uh in star wars a lot of taking something good and um, spoiling it, you know, like um, ruining it and turning it into something awful. Um, right, so you took this wonderful warrior and you made him into a monster. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, full disclosure, I have not read the whole Visionaries comic with, with this story in it, um, but I, I read summaries of it and I read the Legends tab for Grievous. I actually like like that story a lot. I think it's very good. And I think I don't think I, th- I think Grievous's words contradict that story a little bit in this. But also, Star Wars is not shy about having characters tell false or give false justifications. Yeah, but they could they could easily do a a uh, origin on Grievous, and this is this is um, this is the lie that he's fed himself. That he was just a great warrior who just kept on, you know, becoming greater through cybernetic augmentation versus a victim. Right. The lie. The lie would be that he chose this for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, it's got the statues to prove it. Yeah. Versus like, the the harsh reality is is like he was just like a there's you know he's barely fit into a bucket you know after what happened to him 
He's Pinocchio, right? He's Pinocchio, and Dooku's is Geppetto, right? And and he's got strings attached to him at every single point, you know. And like Geppetto made him, and he's not a real live boy anymore. He is a automaton that is controlled by the master of the autom- automaton army, which is Dooku. Mm-hmm. It just it's fucking sad. Yeah, uh, when you think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, even in that comic, Dooku calls him a droid. Um, Harsh. Yeah, and it, you know, and it pisses him off because you know he doesn't he doesn't see himself as a droid. But you know, and Dooku's just doing it just just to piss him off because that's what that's what against bad guys do, you know, to get. You know, to get their underlings uh, motivated, they they insult them. Right, it's the pickup artist version of he's nagging. Um, yeah, pickup artist version of corporate management. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have, we're gonna have other interactions with Grievous, but do you have anything else about his origins that you want to talk about today? Uh, no, no, I. No, I, I, I don't. Um, other than in that comic, he alters his armor to look like his original armor, or his original mask, when he was just a regular dude. Alright, so I've got a little bit of trivia for this episode. We can get through it pretty quickly, because we've got a long run time. Um, but according to the script, when they're in Grievous's lair, and they're, they're looking at the uh, trophies... There are ten Padawan braids and one lightsaber, and the lightsaber belonged to a Jedi Master named Nebo. That name only appears in the script of this episode. There's no evidence as to who, there's no information as to who that person was, other than it was a female Jedi, and she went missing on the moon of Sanjin. So it's just a detail in the script, no explanation outside of the script. Um, the Dazar of the design of Nadar, um, obviously he's Mon Calamari, which is um, Adro Akbar species, but he's supposed to be young, and so they only had like one little tendril on his neck. <laughs> I guess they grow like a beard of tendrils. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he, yeah, he, he doesn't barely shave yet, so. Yeah, I don't want to see what, I don't, I don't want to see his crotch region. Yeah. No, that's actually that's actually a good you know like like you know you know he's got the equivalent of like a dirt stash on a teenager um, versus like a full beard of like um, a full master. Exactly, yeah, he's got his dirt stash. I used to tell a joke all the time about um, like if you met Medusa in a bar, would you ask her if the carpet matched the drapes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so obviously the hollow camera that's in Grievous's um, lair is the same hollow camera, or is the same um, droid that's at Jabba's palace that sticks through the door. Mm-hmm. That's pretty obvious. And then, like, I already talked about how A4D's portrayal is um, based on Paul Lin's performance. So I don't have a whole lot of other trivia about it, except for a weird production thing. Hmm, Okay. Um, I don't know if it was because of time or what, but I checked, and there's a joke, there's a joke made between the battle droids in the very beginning of the episode where they say, have you ever killed a Jedi? And the other one says, no. Um, 
that line was edited out of the original TV release, but it was put back in on the the season one director's cut DVD for this. Also, Nadar saying, I have a bad feeling about this was cut from that episode, but it was added back in. And I watched it on, I assume you watched it on Disney Plus like me. Yep. Both of those lines are in the Disney Plus version. And that fact is not reflected on Wikipedia yet. <laughs> um, but but anyway, the that's the extent of my trivia. Right on. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah, yeah. let's do the uh, rank, rankings or ratings. All right, um, it up. All right so uh, now's the time where we uh, rate an episode. We uh, have our own special rating system where we rate episodes by character. So a really great episode would be... Uh, a character from the original trilogy, a Han, Luke, Leia, Vader, Chewie, etc. A uh, really bad character would just be just somebody who Star Wars could just, you know, if they weren't in Star Wars, Star Wars would still be very much Star Wars. Um, like that archaeologist that Luke meets in the belly of a space worm. I don't know their name. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's in the, the Tales of Luke Skywalker, a very difficult book to get through. You don't have to read it, everybody. I, I we both did because we're completists, but you don't have to read it. Yeah, and you definitely, but definitely do read the Canto Bite one because there's so much Star Wars in there, so much rich. No, I can't. Sorry, don't don't read that one either. A little uh, pink alien gets a happy ending and a massage. <laughs> I can say a lot of little pink aliens get happy endings and massages. Um, so, Matt, what do you give this episode? I don't know. I This episode is one of the episodes that makes Clone Wars great to me. Like Overall, I think Clone Wars is a super strong series, and it gives us so much good Star Wars. This episode, especially being this early in the season, in the series is probably a top 10 episode for me. It's a continuation of Bombad Jedi and the previous episode, right? So mm-hmm. out of out of this arc of three episodes, it is by far the best out of that arc. Yes. I am super tempted to give it a really high rating. I think I'll I think I'll pull back a little little bit and say I'm I'm going to give it a Rex. A Rex? Okay. I don't think I don't think without episodes like this, this series doesn't work. Like it just becomes trivia, right? It's like it's like when we watched Droids. Like this isn't good. Some of them are fine. There's some funny moments. It doesn't matter. But like if you want to tell the story about like like the Clone Wars impacting the Jedi, it's hard to argue in my mind that this doesn't take you right up to it and say like like yeah you're you're losing a generation of Jedi at minimum. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you're losing them all. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm. Um, I had a crisis of faith there for a minute, and then I'm going to stick with my original. I need to give this a Yoda, specifically because Yoda has been there, seen it all. He's the kind of the one who. I mean, the ultimately the blame lands on Yoda. He's the. He's been around forever. He's been teaching forever, and he. He knows something's up, but he can't put his finger on it. He doesn't really do much to try and stop it. He should know better. Yeah, right? 
other than you know, other than just saying that he won't doesn't want Anakin to get trained, but he acquiesces and then trains Anakin up just fine. You know, treats him like anybody else. You know, like any other student. Um, meanwhile, you know, Mace is the one who's kind of a you know, <laughs> um, who treats him like shit. Um, but yeah, he's you know, this is this is showing the inner workings of the the fall of the Jedi that like that by the, you know, by the end, like you're sad, but you're like, yeah, Oh, it was going to happen. You know, that, you know, that, um, that, uh, Camelot is not nearly as, you know, righteous of a place as, you know, it's been written to be. So, you know, finding out that it's, you know, was decaying, you know, it's like, Oh, well, of course something bad was going to happen. It was just only a matter of time. If it wasn't Anakin or Palpatine, it was going to be somebody else, or it would have. They would have done it to themselves, eventually. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my ranking. Good so solid episode. Highest ranking, highest ranking you've ever given an episode. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, and I gave it specifically Yoda. Sorry, I gave it Yoda specifically for that reason. No, I, like I said, this is an episode you and I have discussed for years, mm-hmm. and we have a long recording tonight, but we we didn't scratch the surface of our feelings about this episode. This is one of the things that makes Clone Wars great, is mm-hmm. Nadar. And, of course, I have Nadar's action figure. <laughs> it was a mail-away. It was a mail-away Clone Wars figure, and I've got it. I've got it. All right, can I roll my die? Are we sure. Good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, at the end of every Clone Wars episode, I roll a d20. And I film the roll, and I put it on Twitter, and I text it to Jamie. And if we roll a one, the next episode we review is an Ewoks episode from 1985-1986 series Ewoks. If I roll any other number, we roll we review the next episode um, in the continuity order, which is I should really know this. I gotta look it up. I'm pretty sure it's this one, but I will check. Dooku Captured, which is Season 1, Episode 11, and it is the introduction of Hondo. Nice. <laughs> That's another good one. Spoiler alert. All right, I'm going to roll my die. Okay. We got a 17, and I will text you that roll. So, a 17 on a D20 means we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 11, Dooku Captured next week. Any, anything you want to say about that? No, I'm looking forward to it. Um... Hondo's in it. Hondo is a character that took a while to for, uh, to grow on me, but uh, now I love Hondo. I'm on. I'm definitely on Team Hondo. He's a Hondo stan, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hondo stan sounds like a former Soviet republic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I come from Hondo stan. Hondo stan. <laughs> it's right next to Yugoslavia, or what was Yugoslavia? We we have mass genocide, you know. Yeah. You joke is there's no H in Russian. All right. Um, you want to place out? <laughs> um, okay. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. 
Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Dude, Matt straight up sucks. Sure does. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping the recording.